Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. What a pleasure to be with you today. It's beautiful here in Tyler, Texas, and it's just a great day to be connecting with you wherever you are. I hope it's a great day. You know, it's getting to be the rose season in Tyler. Yes, we claim to be the rose capital, but these are field roses, not long stem roses like may have out in California. But when I look at a rose, you know, it's so, it's such a beautiful flower. And when I really look at it, I can see all the detail, all the intricacies of that beautiful flower. You and I are not very different from that flower. You know, the flower is this flower that I would be looking at is very unique. And I hope you all are picturing a beautiful rose in your mind. But it's unique. Each flower is unique. And so are we. You are unique. All of us has something special that makes us beautiful. Do you know what makes you special? Well, now, the answer to that can be a little difficult to find at times. I don't know if you're searching now. But, you know, it can be difficult at times. We just get so confused with life. Because sometimes life has a cruel way of taking out your petals from that beautiful rose. And then it breaks it. It also breaks you. <laughs> and then you end up throwing it in the trash. When you are broken... It is very difficult to feel how special you are. So, with that, I welcome you to this gathering, my fellow flowers. Because we have all experienced the petals being taken from us and being broken at times and really needing some encouragement for us to feel special. Well, that was one of the reasons that having gone through my transition in life, which for me was divorce, but for you it could be anything from illness to job change to dealing with parents to death of a spouse. There's so many things that affect us every day. And they come into everybody's life, 
No one gets a free pass, let me tell you. We all have something that makes us feel like we're broken and that we've been thrown into the trash. And when we are broken, it's so difficult to take those glasses off and look in the mirror and really see what makes us special. So today I'm going to spend some time sharing stories, examples of how we can recognize that we are special. I can remember the first time that I felt broken. I was a young girl playing her recital, her yearly recital, piano recital. Anybody else have ever gone through that frustration? Those nerves of having to go up and play your piece. But we had to memorize the piece. Added pressure. So you had first time on stage. You had memorization. You had people seeing you on stage. A lot of nerve-wracking things going on there. For most, very young students, young people. So anyway, I remember those days, and, well, I had this little problem with my memorized piece. I couldn't remember the ending, and so I kept playing it over and over until finally, finally, my brain and my fingertips connected again, and I finished the piece. And I was so relieved. Oh, my goodness. I had gotten through my piece. I was great. It was over. I was stood up. I took my little bow, and I walked off the stage. Now, my sister and my mother had come to listen to my performance And, you know, they walked up to me after the recital was over saying, and joking, we thought you'd never find the end of that music. And they were laughing and and really having a good time at my era or what I felt was an era. You know, that that left such a mark on me. I felt ashamed that I had not performed up to my best. I felt embarrassed that I had shown that I didn't know my music as well as I thought I did. And it just, I could remember hearing the voice that kept saying, oh my, I wonder if anybody else knew. Oh my, I wonder if they were laughing too at me. Now, You know, I don't believe my mother nor my sister was intending that to be the purpose of their comment. But a young 10-year-old girl will take in that information in many different ways, depending on where she is at that time, how sensitive she is, all of that. So please don't say I'm pointing at mom and saying, bad mom, bad mom, because I'm not. I'm saying that a lot of what we go through, a lot of those wounds 
that we have are started in our very young years. Through innocent comments from family, friends, teachers, and just that inside voice in our heads that say, I must not be enough. I must not be enough. So, we have to go back and revisit those memories. Do you have any memories like those? Do they still bite when you think about them? Do they affect the way that you approach life now? Are you hesitant to get on the stage? Do you not like to perform? Do you question being visible? And do you still think you're not enough? These are all wounded statements that we take with us through our lives. They can change your lives. They can greatly affect your life. But it's work with the coaches and with other people, psychologists, if that can help you move through that type of block that we get ourselves into. So when you go back, you rework the situation, you realize that it was perhaps created in your own mind and not through the viciousness of another person, that you can choose to think of it as that was just Stinking, thinking on my part, just thinking it was not, it was all about me. So I would like for you to sit back because I'd like for us to start dreaming again. Once we realize that those dreams that we have have been stopped by thoughts that were created in our younger years. I think it's really important that we start dreaming and want to reach a goal again. I want you to live and open the doors to a life that's full of, full, full of dreams that can be fulfilled. So we're going to, I want to give you some time here that get your piece of paper and pencil And start writing down some of the dreams that you have. Some people have trouble even thinking about what they'd like to do. But if you live in in USA, you know, everybody wants to travel. You might want to walk down the Ponte Vecchio Bridge in Florence, Italy. Look at the beautiful windows full of gold and and shiny things. It may be your your interest to go to Bali and see the ruins there. Or maybe you just want to write a book of recipes and family reflections or create a prosperous and successful career. There is no limit to what your dreams might be. So while we take this short break, I want you to get a piece of paper and a pencil 
and write down quickly three of the dreams that you'd like to achieve in your life. What do they look like? What, describe them as much as you can. And then we will be back with our next segment of creating that dream, opening the doors, and letting you realize it's up to you. You can do it. And it's waiting for you to take possession. So we're going to take a brief break here. And I'm excited what we'll have when we come back. Thank you. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Good day. You are talking with Joyce, and we're talking about opening doors to dreams, unfulfilled and making them fulfilled dreams. All right, I gave you an assignment before break to write down three of the dreams that you'd like to have. So I'm hoping you have done that. I know you have done that because that's step one. We have to find the dream that you want. You know what happens a lot of times in creating the dream? For women particularly, maybe not for men, but to some extent to all of us, that women in their early 20s will have a dream, want to be a painter, 
want to be a chef, want to be something else, a school teacher. And maybe depending upon her role in the family, she may have to put those up on the shelf. One, there's just not enough time to tend to husband, tend to babies, tend to the house, and maybe even a part a job. So, you know, something's got to give. So the dream goes up on the shelf. Then when the babies are grown and we get into our retirement years, we have more time. Then is the time we go, I don't remember what I love to do. So then we reach up and bring down our box of goodies and dreams that we put up there in our 20s. Now we're in our 60s and we're like, oh my goodness, I can't remember where my card keys are. How can I remember what my dreams were? That's what we're working on today. Let's reconnect with those dreams and make them come alive again. So there's some dreams that I know you can do it. Because, you know, when you were playing house or, or job or whatever you were playing, doctor or whatever when you were younger, you had dreams that even back then you weren't sure that would come true. But you had this belief they would. And the b- belief was maybe I'll graduate from college. I'll get a great job. I'm going to marry my prince. Oh, I can remember that one. Oh, my goodness. And I made houses. in. We lived next to a wooded area in Arkansas. And I'd go out to the pine forest, and the pines would become my walls. And so I'd sweep them, and I'd make the outline of a house. I wanted my prince. I wanted my children. And I wanted my dream house. Not ever sure I would get it, but I could so visualize it. I so played with them. So whatever your dreams were, I bet they fulfilled to by today. I bet you have graduated from high school or college. I bet you are married to the love of your life, or if not, you moved on and maybe looking for the love of your life. But you had children. Whether you were able to birth them, you adopted them, you took them in from other neighborhood, or maybe you're just working with a a children's organization. You've been able to live in a home that is fit for you, comfortable for you, and has a warm, warm, full of love in it that you have created. Well... I promise you today, you're going to get some information. I'm going to give you as much information as I can. I'm going to let you contact contact me if you want to. And we can even have a strategy session to work on your dreams. Now, some people found out, I'm going to tell you a story. You know, some people found out that in high school, I sang. And... And I was even considered one of the most talented, and I don't believe that. But that is something I've never really developed was the singing part of my my talents, I guess you'd say. So they asked if I would be one of the singers at a women's gathering, a small, just friends, local friends, maybe 20, 25 women gathering at a Christmas uh, party 
at a woman's house. Now, you know, I was a little uncomfortable when I hadn't sung for anybody solo in probably 10, 15 years. And I was really kind of nervous about the event. You know, sometimes when you have a calling like that, a plan, a a due date, a speech you have to make, or a song you're going to sing, as I did, you find yourself knowing you should practice, but not practicing. And you're like, why am I procrastinating? This is really coming, and I need to be prepared. Well, welcome to the human race. Procrastination is just another way of showing the fear that is surrounding something that you're going to do. And instead of facing that fear, we'll go do something that makes us comfortable, like watch TV, read a book if you're a book reader, or just decide to organize the house. Nothing major, just anything, but to do what would enable us to be a success. Well, I'm just like you. So in that day, I didn't practice as much. So I wasn't as prepared. And I walked out with one of my favorite hymns and sang it at Christmas, which is Amazing Grace. I love that song. And so as I stood up to sing, I was so nervous. Oh, My knees actually were shaking and felt a little weak, but I was determined to get through the song. Now, I had a friend in the audience named Susan, and, you know, I sang the first verse. She started crying in the second and through the third and through the fourth verse, and I went, oh, my goodness, I must really be bad Or maybe I think she's supporting me. And she is touched by the words of the song. You know, there's a beautiful example there. I had to choose how I would look at that situation. If I took on that it was really awful, which I'm not really saying it was the best because my voice was shaking. You know, a little practice would have helped. But it was the fact that I stood up, that I was able to do it, and that I completed my song. I chose to believe that my dear friend of 20-plus years was not complaining about my singing, but was supporting me with love of those tears. So my example here to you is choose what you want to live. Choose. I choose positive over thoughts that would stop me from getting up again to sing. And I will sing that solo one of these days. It's on my list for sure. Well, being a music lover that as I am, I love being involved with music, going to clubs, listening to, you know, in Texas, we have a lot of Western music, but I listen to almost every kind of music. 
I love going to our symphony, listening to the symphony music that we have. So in 2013, you know, symphonies are nonprofits. So they must raise their money, either through asking for donations or doing something called the symphony ball. Now that in Tyler is the gathering that we have annually. It's a volunteer position for people to organize it and produce it. And it's all out of the love of music. Have you attended a ball like that? Do you love attending music events? There's something very magical about music and how it touches our hearts. Well, back to the symphony ball. And I was one of the fundraising. They have several fundraising activities at this ball. And one of them was a silent auction. Now, a silent auction is where someone gets items from the community or from individuals. And they walk, they put a sheet in front of each item that's exposed there. And you bid on winning that item. Well, every year for as long as I can remember, there has been an item in our silent auction called Conducting the Star-Spangled Banner at the first opening season performance of the East Texas Symphony. Well, you know, inside of me when I read it that year, for some reason, there was a little voice inside of me that says, I want to do that. Now, we don't always listen to that little voice. Sometimes we ignore it or we talk it away, saying it's not important. Some people say that's the voice of God. Some people say it's the voice of your soul. But whatever that voice comes from, we all have it and we have either still good connections with it or we've quieted it so much in our lives that we are not able to hear it. But it's there. Went back to my table. I did not sign up, and it would not leave me alone. That voice kept saying, go sign up for that. And so I did. Well, that was indeed the only signature on that bid sheet. And I became the proud owner of the the Star Spangled Banner on the opening night of the concert for the East Texas Symphony. Now, lots and doubts and fears came up around that, I can tell you, from I'm not good enough, what do people think, what if I fall off the podium, to whatever else you could create. So anyway, when we come back, I'm going to tell you how that night was accomplished because it took strategy. It took getting over those fears and doubts, and it became a glorious evening for me. That's a memory that I love revisiting. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We're back. This is Joyce. And we are in the middle of discovering what it feels like to conduct a symphony your first time. Remember that? And it's all part of opening doors to dreams unfulfilled. This conducting was a dream that I wanted to do, but didn't realize till the little voice said, I want to do that. And then I listened, and the next step is, was that when I received the certificate in the mail that said you will do this on such and such date, you will be conducting the East Texas Symphony opening number, Star Spangled Banner, on October the 6th. Then the fear really kicked in. And I began thinking, oh my, I have got to get some things in action here. So having spent most of my high school years in the band, I, I was the first chair saxophone, alto saxophone, I knew music, and of course you knew that I took piano for a brief time. But anyway, the I knew music. I knew how to count beats. So when I was practicing at home, I decided what I'd do is I'd download one of the famous Star Spangled Banners by one of the 
I don't remember what the symphony was. I should get that for you. But anyway, I practiced in my living room with that recorded Star Spangled Banner music. And I'd be beating it. It's three-fourths time, so I would beat it. And I would, the important thing here is not to beat it too fast, not to beat it too slow, so it gets draggy. So I spent, you know, two or three times a week, I'd get my iPhone and I'd start beating the music and counting the music out and conducting to the imaginary orchestra. Now, that was my strategy. That was the first step of my strategy to be able to get on that stage and have a glorious memory to relive the rest of my life. Two months before the performance, the conductor, a nice young man from Canada who comes down here and conducts our symphony, suggested we have a conducting lesson. And I did that. So we met and he presented me with my very own baton, just like the professionals have. And I have it today. So I used my professional baton, and he gave me some lessons in pointing, stressing the importance of cutting off properly and the importance of keeping the beat going fairly, fairly smoothly, not too slow and not too fast. We had an hour, sort of an hour instruction, and then he was present, presently surprised at, that I could um, beat out the time of the music. So I went home with the assignment to continue practicing. The week before, I find great value in going into the space so I asked the woman that manages the Cowan Performing Arts Center where we hold our symphonies if I could go to the stage, to the empty stage, and just simply walk through the different phases of being on stage in front of an orchestra. She, she said, of course. So I walked in, but I took with me the shoes I would be wearing, of course the jacket that I would be wearing, I took the new baton, the professional baton, and I headed to the auditorium. When I was there, I walked around the stage and felt how big it was. Then, because all the curtains were pulled back, it looked huge. Then I walked to the edges of the stage and I looked at the audience. Empty seats, but a large auditorium. So I sort of got the feel of that. Then I put my shoes on and I entered from the stage, side of the stage, as if I were pretending to be that conductor that night. I walked out to the edge of the stage, bowed to the orchestra, to the audience, turned, came back to the imaginary podium, which was not there. I imaginary I imagined that I stepped up on the podium. I looked at the orchestra. I raised my baton, pressed my to-go button on my iPhone, and the music started playing. 
and I started conducting the music as if I was there that night. I could feel the music. I could see the musicians. I was there that night. Now, this was all very important in my feeling comfortable. It was the strategy that I used to move me through my fear and doubt that I could do that. Remember, I wasn't sure I could do that. Remember, I was afraid I was going to fall off the podium, much less fall up the podium when stepping on it. After I finished my music, after Star Spangled Banner was finished, I bowed to the musician. I stepped off the podium, still holding my professional baton, bowed to the audience, walked off the stage. Simple. Simple. But I got to experience all those new things in my own time by myself. I imagine the clapping of the music from the audience. I even imagined people coughing in the audience. You know how somebody always coughs while you're in a symphonic music performance. I did this maybe five or six times that day until I felt comfortable. The night before, still another strategy, I practiced with the real orchestra and the conductor was at my side and I was nervous again. You know, I, I had those fears of they're all professional musicians as well as many of them are teachers, have dual careers. And so I had to get over the fact that they were far more knowledgeable about music and, than I was. But the nice thing was, after practicing, didn't know that at the time I was so nervous, They were so helpful. They came up and made suggestions that might help me relax or become more comfortable with the position that I was taking that night. So the night of the performance. Okay, this was was D-Day, as they say. And so I came out on the stage in my glorious turquoise coat, a little different, but reflecting my love of color and personality. And as I walked down on the stage, I did exactly as I had practiced. I bowed to the audience. I turned around, went to the symphony orchestra, faced the orchestra, stepped up on the podium. The conductor was standing by my side just in case I needed a little support, and I did. And then I picked up the baton and raised my arms. What a powerful, powerful moment to hear that sound come from waving my arms. It was amazing to know that I had the power to cut all of those music musicians off at the same time and to start them. That was a memorable experience, friends, that if I had not been open to it, if I had not used the strategies I had put into action, I don't know what the evening might have really been like. But for me, it was glorious. 
I even went so far as to have it videoed, which after they said I could do, if I, he stood on the side of the stage and didn't get in anybody's way and nobody could see him in the audience. So we did. And as I look back on it, I review it. You know, I see not perfection because perfection is not what we're heading for here. That's not the most important thing. Perfection only says I'm afraid to be real. I'm afraid to know that I have flaws. It's the experience that I was going through for. Yes, if I had been conducting for years or even months, it would have been better. But that's not the important thing. It is the fact that I did it. I put myself into risk, into uncomfortable territory, and I did it. I also ask the audience through Facebook if anyone would be able to take pictures of me on the stage so that I could see what it might look like from their viewpoint. It was so much fun. I had so many people that took on and said, yeah, we'd love to do that. Sure, we'd love to do that. And after the event, so many people sent me Facebook pictures. Don't you love Facebook? I do. Well, that is the the sharing that I wanted to do of the genius that I have in me, not the 145 plus IQ, but the definition of genius that I use is I was living my passion, using my talents, and giving myself a purpose. I loved the purpose of conducting the orchestra. Something new, don't have to do it again, but it sure was fun. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Genius Program so that you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about when I say genius, living in your genius. Passions plus talents equal purpose. So we're going to take a break. And we're going to be back, and I'm going to step through the steps so that you'll be better informed as to how you can live your genius, as to how you can open those doors and do it with freedom and passion and joy. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. There are many positive things about growing older. Having more wisdom and a more relaxed attitude are just a few of the benefits. But one downside of aging is a decline in lean muscle mass. All of us lose valuable muscle as we grow older, which leaves some of us weaker and more prone to injury. The solution is weightlifting. Livestrong states that for people over 50 years of age, weight training can be a great way to build muscle mass, boost strength, and improve certain medical problems. According to the American College of Sports Medicine, adults under 65 should lift weights two days per week, while those over 65 should weight train two to three days per week. Weightlifting builds muscles and bone and keeps you strong. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are, this is Joyce Buford, and we are talking about finding and living your dreams. Now to get to those dreams, you need to realize that you are special. And when I say special, I think everyone out there is a genius. Perhaps not a genius of a 145 plus IQ, but you are the genius that I consider I, uh, I am, which is I have passion. I have passion about music, and I've given you stories about that today. Plus, I have talent. Now, my talents aren't the same as your talents. You know, I can't draw worth a flip. But if you have talents to draw, they're different. So everybody comes with their own set of talents. And those are usually the jobs that you do, the things that you do that are so simple for you to do them. So simple. I love to produce something. To actually organize something, well, there's some people that really care nothing about that. So realize what your talents. So you have the passion plus the talents, and that is going to lead you to your purpose. What is your purpose here on earth? What is your purpose that you want to complete? So I decided that I would create the Genius Program to help someone get pretty clear about what they wanted and to make their dreams come true. So quickly going through the letters of Genius, the first is to get very clear about who you are. We talk about core values, those things that you believe, what are important to you and you must have. Those core values you developed from your birth to 21 years old, and they're with you every day. You know what they are many times, but you certainly may not have put them to pencil. So we always do that. But then I always like to rank them. Because if you like, if you have 10, 15 different core values, what are the top ones that rule your life and you need to put into ruling your life? Because when you're in your core value, you're happy. Things happen easier and life is just more pleasant. 
you have a direction. So then we, we've gotten you clear. We do some other work other than the core values, but of course, core is the best. If you want, in a couple shows back, we did do, I did a show with a, a coach friend of mine and who she's also my, um, uh, mastermind partner, and we actually did a core values exercise. So please go back a couple shows, and you can actually go through that process. The next letter in the Genius Program is to engage in your purpose, and that's where we do identify what your purpose is. What comes easiest for you? What do you want? Where do you want to go? What is your dream? Where is it? And that's what we spend time in finding in our strategy session and also in the course. Now, as I've shared with you, there's another part to growth that comes in there. And that's the end in genius, which is negotiate your stoppers, those things that, that really kind of stop you from going forward. It's that fear that comes up and just really says you're not good enough, you're too old, you're too broke, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're too fat, you're out of physical health. All of those are just, there's just a few. We create a lot. A lot of them are not enough, I'm not smart enough. All of those are from childhood memories by said to us by parents, teachers, peers, and some of them, as I also demonstrated, were created in my own little brain from misinterpretation of how they were intended. The eye of genius is instigating the plan to a dream fulfilled. What is that dream that you have just been waiting to fulfill? It's in that box on the top of the shelf. Let's get it down. Let's dust it off. And let's start looking at it closer. It may not look, at one time you may have thought you'd run a race. If you're mature, older years, you may not run, but you may be involved in the process of running a race. Help with a race. Um... Start walking fast. Do something like that or just start the activity of walking. That would be a good move right there. The you is the use use your uniqueness. Just as I came out on that stage in my turquoise colored coat, I want you to use your uniqueness. If you like to wear big hats, wear big hats. If you like to wear clunky jewelry, wear clunky jewelry. If you like to wear Bermuda shorts, do so. Do not use lose your uniqueness in your working your genius. The final phase is stay on track. Let me tell you. When you're trying to change a belief that you've had for 20 years, 20 plus years, You've got some workout for you. It can be fun because you're usually focusing more in your your sweet spot where you feel happy, where you feel complete. But it's still a 
it's a changing or retraining your brain to use your time wisely, to move toward, take a action every day toward your dream. That's where a lot of people like to have an accountability partner. I certainly encourage the use of a coach because a coach is going to help you moving forward. With That's a part of our, our commitment to you is to provide you with the structure that you need. Then it's up to you to take the action. I can give you structure, but, but without your efforts to move forward, it's going to be difficult for you to change. Now, all of this is words of support so that you can live that life that you want to live. You can have those dreams fulfilled. You know, just like I had to create the structure for conducting the symphony, I had to practice, I had to visualize, I had to walk on stage, I had to call people to make arrangements, I had to meet the conductor, I had to do those steps so that I would be better prepared to deliver on the big night the first concert. What a beautiful memory that is. Without the structure, I could not have had that memory. The interactions that I had with the orchestra members, with the audience, can only be had by my signing my name on the silent auction bid sheet. So I suggest and I encourage you, sign your name on the bid sheet and move toward the dream that you have wanted to do for years. Now that we've revived it and you know what it is, then it's out there waiting for you. Now if you have a dream, and you would like some guidance, you can send me a message. Go to JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. Send me a message that says, I'd like to have that strategy session to talk about my dream and how to get it started. Or send me an email at secondwindwithjoyce at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you quick, quick, because I want you to experience the dream, the fulfillment of that dream, and the thrill of that night that I experienced in 2013. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So what is it? Got it listed? Is it there for you? What is it that you would like to complete before you're complete on this earth? I encourage you to take the time to invest in you. Remember that rose that I talked about in the very beginning? You are special. Just like the rose, you've had some of your petals picked. Just like the rose, there are times you can be broken. 
but there is a perfect rose still waiting to come out and bloom. And you can be that person. You can be the rose that relives your future and relives those, well, lives those dreams. You know, I still continue with the passion for music. And I still continue with the passion for children's projects in my community. And I still continue with the passion to help people move quickly through their transitions. What do you believe in today? Go back and do that core values exercise. Find out who you are. Get clearer about what you want. Write those dreams down. Don't go another day with those two very important steps to your future. What are your core values? And then what are your dreams? They're there. They're inside of you. And you're the ones that can awaken those dreams and make them happen. You know, it's always a pleasure when I can come and talk to you and share what's important to me and hopefully will be important to you. I have a dream. And when I finish one dream, I move on to another one because that's what makes life worth living. I thank you for being with me today. It's been a thrill to share this information with you. So I'll see you next week with another great week and uh, looking forward to hearing from you. So send me the note. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and 